The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. All right, so we, this is weird because normally somebody else would read, but um, uh, we really wanted to just test everything out to be, put all our cards on the table. We wanted to test all the mics out. So uh, the reading mic was Eric reading the scripture. He's now using another mic. I'm using the face mic. This is just all uh, new. So this is, thanks for bearing with us in this. But um, today we're going to do things a little different. Uh, we, we are not going to give a traditional sermon this morning. What we're going to do instead is uh, hear a little bit from Eric Shelley. Uh, Eric is an elder at Fathom. He has been uh, around this church for a long time. If you don't know him, uh, you need to know this guy. Um, but he and his family were on sabbatical at the beginning of this year and are kind of back in now. And so we're going to hear from him a little bit about uh, their their family's experience in sabbatical. Um, and then beyond that, uh, we're gonna we're gonna spend the second half of our time in sermon uh, doing some 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 dialogue about what reopening looks like because uh, we want to give a lot of instructions for next week and beyond as to what we're going to be doing uh, as a church. So. Half the time will be Eric, half the time will be uh, us kind of dialoguing about reopening. But the first thing we wanted to do uh, now that we're live and we can address things a little bit more uh, adequately is uh, we want to spend a little bit of time as a church praying for uh, specifically our nation. So uh, you you, you would have to have been living under a rock to not know uh, beyond COVID. The first thing to break the news since COVID was uh, the murder of George George Floyd um, and then the subsequent protests and riots and things like that. Um, and our, our, the elders, we've been talking about how we should respond as a church, how we can equip you as a church. Um, and, and so we have some things in the works uh, in terms of uh, videos and, and resources and stuff like that. But the thing that we felt like we could do right today as we started with our live stream was to enter into prayer, uh, that we could pray together for our nation, for uh, America, the United States of America, for the church, for the community. Uh, so, so today we're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer right now uh, for our community. Um, and then uh, just know that more is coming in, in way of training and way of videos and resources and things like that. So uh, would you just join me in prayer for our nation? I will pray for us and then we're going to get into our time with Eric. Well, Father, it's, um, man, 2020 has been, has been rough um, for a number of reasons for, for, for all of us at different levels and accounts. Um, and today as a church, Lord, we, we pray uh, because that's the first place we want to go. The first place we want to come to is, is into your presence, sitting at your feet, being ministered to through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, so first and foremost, Father, we pray um, that you would, would move right now, would, would fill us with your spirit, that you would uh, give us um, clear eyes, that you, would, that you would give us hearts that are uh, bent towards you as opposed to bent away from you. And there's so many things, Father, that we could pray for, but today we want to pray for our nation, um, for our country, uh, where there's such division and such chaos and such strife, where there's inequality and there's racism and there's anger and there's pain and there's fear. And a lot of these things, Father, we pray against, and a lot of these things we sit in today. God, I pray for the black community predominantly in the United States that are uh, under great mourning and, and anger and, and fear. 
Lord, Lord, each and every single person in this world is created by you and has your image in them. And so we pray for them. They are uh, of value and of worth because you have made them. You knew them before you formed them in their mother's wombs. And our black brothers and sisters are, are worthy of the same dignity, of the same honor, of the same respect. They have the same intrinsic value built in them as every other person in this world. And yet in our culture, they have been treated uh, as not equal. And so, Lord, we, we don't pretend to understand uh, completely because we know that we are predominantly a white church. But, but, but what we do know is that we need to learn and we need to, to empathize and we want to bear with our brothers and sisters of color. And so today, Lord, teach us. We pray over those communities. Lord, fill them with your spirit. Call to yourself men and women and children. And then, Lord, for our nation where there's just such division right now, where there's such chaos right now, where we pray that the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that only comes from you, would, would, would be, be spread in our nation. Lord, that men and women would listen to one another, would, would hear and empathize with one another, and that America would truly become the, the, the nation uh, that we, I think, all want it to be, where, um, where we are equal, where we are free, where we... Um, we, we can actually be the melting pot that we claim to be. So, so Lord, we, we have a long way to go as a nation. We have a long way to go as a church. We have a long way to go as individuals to understand all these things. Lord, would you just soften our hearts to be hearers, learners, and empathizers with those who are hurting and those who mourn. Call us to the action that you would have us be a part of, Father. There's so much more we could say, but for today, Lord, we bless you. We pray, Lord, come quickly. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, well, thanks for, um, for bearing with me on that. Uh, I know it's probably a little bit strange to do that at home, um, but I'm thankful for that. So, uh, to move into our time with, with Eric, Eric, like I said, and his family have been on sabbatical. They are back now, obviously. And, uh, and, and so Eric, I, I just have some questions for you. We're going to kind of dig into these. Uh, would you first kind of tell us a little bit about like what sabbatical is and why maybe it was appropriate, or this was the time for you and your family to kind of go on a three month sabbatical as an elder of this church? Well, I'll actually answer the second part of the question first. Why was it appropriate for us to take a sabbatical? Um, as you know, as you all know, when you prayed, you said 2020 was a hard year so far. 2019 was a hard year for, for Fathom, for Chris, for, for Ann and I as, as an elder and elder's wife. And um, with just, just with all of our church that our church went through. Um, and, and then on top of that, ministry demands, I think, are, are unique um, from those of other jobs because uh, – Demands of ministry aren't, aren't a typical eight to five, um, and then they shut down. They, you know, people have needs twenty four seven, and those needs aren't aren't like products or services like in most jobs, but but rather they're, they're emotional and spiritual needs. And and then on top of that, I think for elders, it's unique because we're volunteers, and in addition to our elder roles and responsibilities, we have full time jobs, and so sometimes the demands can be can be kind of high, can be heavy. And that was the case after last year. Um, I think demands on on me, on Ann and I uh, were high for such a long time that it really took a toll on us. It took a toll on uh, Ann and I's relationship, on 
our relationship with our daughters and, and really in some ways on our relationship with, with God. And so we focused our sabbatical on how, how we could kind of re- reconnect in those areas, how Anna and I could reconnect with each other as a family and then, and then with the Lord. And so, um, Early on when I started the sabbatical, I had a buddy uh, jokingly say to me that sabbatical is like when you just get tired of your job and so you just stop and you take a break and you don't do it for a while. And he was joking, but the the joke he was lined, I think, with an element of misunderstanding. Um, Sabbatical is not just simply stopping working or stopping for a while. While you do stop, um, if that's all you do, it's not really a sabbatical and it's not really productive. And Sabbatical is more of a purposeful break where you do rest, but you also reflect and you, you, you seek to reconnect with, um, with the Lord and you seek to rejoice in God. And that's why at the start of our sabbatical, we outlined for, for the church some of the things that we plan to do during our sabbatical. And I think that helped guide us and helped us to be purposeful in our, our time of rest and, and reconnection. Yeah, that's good um, to, to kind of work through the difference between just like taking a vacation or taking a true kind of sabbatical. And the same way we would say for Sabbath, if you practice a Sabbath, a Sabbath is not just like, hey, take a day off. A Sabbath is a planned yeah, reconnection with Jesus uh, that, that includes a lot of elements. So um, a Sabbath is work in and of itself to kind of get to Sabbath. And the same is true with sabbatical. Uh Eric, we read, uh, or you read the passage from Luke chapter five, uh, which talks about Jesus kind of, uh, withdrawing to be alone with God, the father, um, which is some of where we get the idea of like Jesus, the son of God, you know, perfect, sinless, you know, all these things he, he in his humanity knew that he needed to stay connected and to slow down and to get away from ministry to reconnect as it were with God, the father, not to say that he wasn't connected while he was doing ministry, but he understood and modeled the practice. Would you talk a a little bit uh, about the need for slowing down and for rest? Uh, If Jesus needed it, I imagine it's something that we should probably consider. So talk about your experience with that. Yeah. Um, So one of the, studies or devotionals that I did during my sabbatical talked about this, um, it, it phrased it as a rhythm of rest that Jesus had and how he'd, he'd withdraw from the disciples, from the crowds, um, he'd go alone and, and, and pray. Um, and so I did a study on my own about this rhythm of rest and I went through each of the gospels and I, I noted, I wrote down the verses and, and there are the times and places where Jesus went away to be alone and to pray with God. And just in the gospel of Luke alone, I found 10 different times where Luke mentions that Jesus went away to pray. And what's really interesting is that in a lot of the cases, this time came right before a significant or major event in his ministry. So right before the start of his public ministry, he's in the wilderness for 40 days. Um, then he goes away, and he's praying before he calls his disciples before the sermon on the Mount. It mentions that he goes away to pray mm-hmm. before the transfiguration. And then ultimately before his arrest and crucifixion. And, um, again, before each of these, he's away, he's by himself, he's praying, he's taking some time just to slow down and kind of eliminate the distractions and, and just pray. And I, I imagine, you know, it was a time of, of taking that deep breath, um, literally and figuratively to, to just, just kind of stop and pause and, and, and seek to reconnect. And, and really what I took from that is that if, if Jesus needs to regularly rest and, and slow down and spend time um, with God alone in prayer, then how much more do I need to do that? 
How much more do, does any disciple of Christ need to do that? And so um, this idea of, of developing a rhythm of rest is something I, I've really focused on uh, through the sabbatical, but then I, I continue to um, kind of focus on that and even refine that now. And I'll get into a little bit more specifics here in, in a little bit. Um, but that was kind of just really an eye-opening sort of study that I did during this time about this idea of a rhythm of rest. So you just kind of segued for me. So like, I don't even know if I need to be here just in case you were wondering, but yeah. So, so talk about then some, some practical, some, some, some like takeaway practices that maybe your family uh, did while you were on sabbatical that you're continuing or things that were revealed to you that you're like, man, I need to uh, engulf this into my life. So talk about this a little bit practically. Yeah. So um, I've kind of, I have a couple takeaways that, you know, sort of things that were, um, you know, eye-opening kind of takeaways, but then there's, there's, there's three uh, kind of practical things that I'll touch on as well. So one of the major takeaways for me um, was the issue of control. And I was looking at my journal this week and I found something that I'd written. It was the week before I started sabbatical. I'd met a friend from church just to kind of catch up and, um, and talk. And he kind of shared his current thoughts about, about, about church. And I remember driving home that night and just kind of thinking, wow, I could really work and, and maybe speak into some of that stuff um, that he was, he was talking about if I wasn't going on sabbatical right now. And it was almost this part of me that was sort of clinging to control. And, and I wrote in my journal um, about this idea of control. And, and that was just something that I wanted to focus on throughout sabbatical. And a verse that I focused on related to this um, was the first part of Psalm 4610, which is, it should be fa- fairly familiar to most of you. Be still and know that I am God. I think up until sabbatical, I'd always taken this verse to, to kind of mean relax and rest in the fact that, um, that, God's, that God's in control, that this all-knowing God is in control. But somewhere in my sab- sabbatical study, I read that the Hebrew for the phrase be still, uh, the Hebrew word is rafa. I believe that's the pronunciation, but it means to let go or to release, which to me is different than be still. And it kind of changed the way that I thought about things related to control. Um, I'm wired to want to plan and organize and schedule things, whether it's my job, my family, uh, the church. And it's a good skill set to have, but it can become a problem if you also don't have the ability to let go and trust that God's in control of things. And in sabbatical, I had, to, I had to kind of let go of the idea of, of my influence as an elder at Fathom and, and trust that things were in God's good hands and, and they're in the good hands of, of Chris and John and, and Gary. And um, so that was an important lesson and takeaway for me that I don't think I would have learned had I not gone on sabbatical. Um, a second but kind of related takeaway was I think how I processed um, and how I understood my role versus people's expectations, um, or even my interpretation of people's expectations. You may have heard the phrase about the tyranny of the urgent, which, which is about how we give priority to things that are most urgent, not necessarily most important. And I think before sabbatical, um, I gave priority to what I thought people expected of me as an elder. It's the idea of, well, I'm an elder, so I need to do such and such, and I need to be at every church service and and serve at every function and serve at every event. Um, and the understanding for me is that you know, people are going to place a lot of expectations on me or on pastors or elders in general, um, and these expectations may or may not be right. 
so I'm, I'm, I've been seeking to have a healthy understanding of what my, my role is, regardless of those expectations um, or, or what I think about those expectations. And I think this allows me to better say no to some things so that I can say yes to other things. And, and this is still very related to this idea of, of control. And so um, those are like kind of the two takeaways that, that I, I've been kind of personally working through and wrestling with. But then more practically, um, and some of these, I've got three, three things that are, that are kind of practical. And I guess the one thing I would offer is that some of these might, you know, they're for the limited time that we have today, there's a lot to unpack here. And so if anyone, like if these strike a chord with anyone and you'd like to talk through them more, give me a call or shoot me an email and, I, and I'd love to you know, set up coffee or, or a phone call to talk through, through some of them. But um, here are the three kind of practical things that, um, that Ann and I have been focused on. And the first is, I'd encourage you to assess the role that technology plays in your life. And this was something that was like hard and powerful for Ann and me. We realized that technology, especially our phones, uh, played too big of a role in our lives. And phones are great tools. I use my phone every day for work and for, for personal use. They're great for communicating, um, gathering information, staying on time, staying organized. But when you start using them to, to pass the time or to occupy your mind or fulfill some other needs, um, it takes you away from a restful and reflective life. And so maybe you need to fast from your phone or from certain apps on your phone for a while. Um, I kind of check my phone out a little bit and like you can set restrictions on your phone usage. You can set restrictions on specific apps. Um, so, you know, whether it's, games or social media or YouTube or whatever, um, maybe you need to limit how long you're using your phone uh, or your tablet or your TV or whatever it is. Uh, but the idea is to free up some time for a slower, more intentional, uh, more reflective life. The second is, is to consider spiritual disciplines. And before sabbatical, I'd always, uh, I'd always considered spiritual disciplines to be only things like prayer and fasting and reading, reading scripture. But a spiritual discipline is really, a, it's a practice. It's something that you do that allows you to better know and experience God. And so while prayer and fasting and reading scripture are certainly spiritual disciplines, so are things like rest or observing the Sabbath. And Looking at rest and, and Sabbath as spiritual discipline helped uh, frame them better for, for Ann and I, not as something we're supposed to do or something that you, you kind of check off a box, but something that's in, intended to help us know and experience God better. And then I touched on this before, but the third thing is, is developing a, a rhythm of rest in your life. And just like Jesus had this kind of rhythm, regular rhythm of rest, um, we kind of looked at that in our lives. And, and for me, I looked at it on several levels, daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. So on a daily basis, I, I looked to have a quiet time each day. I spent some time reading my Bible, uh, praying. I started journaling. Um, I don't do it every day, but I, I, I regularly journal, whether it's prayer requests or things I'm learning or things that, um, that I've been reflecting on, things that I think God's teaching, teaching me. Um, so it's daily quiet time, but then I've also, <laughs> I've used my phone to schedule in little breaks here and there, uh, little reminders. So I, I'll take a few minutes in the middle of my morning to, uh, to read a Psalm or a proverb chapter each day. And then in the afternoon, just, you know, just a time to, to step away take a deep breath and, and pray a little bit. So I, I set up those daily, uh, kind of, kind of rests and reminders on a weekly basis. We observe 
uh, we aim to observe the Sabbath each week. And for us, it starts on Saturday evening and it goes to Sunday evening. And it's a time that um, we're, we're doing things that aren't, aren't obligatory. Um, we're doing things as a family, things that are, are uh, fun and restful and relaxing, but that allow us to connect as a family, allow us to connect with God. You know, maybe it's just sitting on our, our back patio and enjoying the, the, the spring and summer, summer weather, um, delighting in God, reflecting on him. On a monthly basis, we, we try to get away to the mountains once a month. And this is restful for our family. And yes, it means that we're not at church um, one Sunday a month, but it gives us some extended time uh, and some freedom to do things um, away from some of the obligations of home or the obligations of church. And then, and then yearly, it could be a longer vacation or a retreat or a weekend getaway with, um, with your spouse. But something that allows you some extended time uh, to reflect and and to to, to con- reconnect with each other and and connect with with Lord with the Lord and so um, those are some of the kind of the practical ways um, in addition to the takeaways that that we've learned and I know I flew through uh, some of those things pretty quickly but hopefully provide some insight into some of the things that that we've learned um, and again I'd be happy to unpack these more with anyone uh, you know in, in, in more depth if if you're interested so so shoot me an email or, or give me a call. And now when you go to the mountains, you can live stream. Yes, we can. So no excuses. No excuses. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you sharing that stuff uh, with us. Uh, church, If, like he said, if you want to talk more about sabbatical, about rest, about spiritual disciplines, about practices, those things, uh, we want to help you with those things. We've been talking about those a lot the last year, and I uh, anticipate more of that coming up. So uh, I do want us to pivot uh, uh, for our last uh, probably 10 minutes or so uh, to talk about what's going to happen now that we are reopening our in-person services. So, um, so this is going to be a lot of information. Uh, all this information will come in an email uh, and will be available online, but let me work through uh, kind of what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to hit some, Eric's going to hit some, we're going to haul through this because I want you out of here in an hour. Okay. Uh, starting next week, uh, we are going to reopen in-person gatherings. We made that announcement last weekend, um, but live stream will be available. Like we're going to continue to live stream uh, just like we are today. Uh, that was one of our uh, requirements to reopen is we needed to make sure that if you aren't ready to come uh, to, to a live gathering yet, that you are still going to be able to participate in our worship. So um, you live stream at fathom.online.church should work should work the same way that it's working today. I think, let me see. Yes, we got nods. It is working. Apparently Uh, I'm sitting here. Okay. But uh, uh, so next Sunday though, we will have two in-person services at nine o'clock and at 11 o'clock and the live stream will happen at both services, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. So if you sign in at 10, you're going to get nothing. All right. Nine and 11. Uh, we have been told by the state of Colorado that we can have up to 50, 50, five, zero people in this room. Uh, that's max for each service. We do have the ability to do an overflow room with a little bit uh, more space, but um, 50 people max. So here's what we're doing. You must go online and register 
for the service that you will attend and you will register every member of your family. If you are bringing uh, little people, we need to know that they are coming. Uh, registrations uh, will uh, go online Sundays at noon and you can register for the whole week leading up to the follow up. So as soon as we're done here, you can go online and you will be able to register for the service. Um, the service will be one hour. We'll keep it truncated because it's going to, we're going to have kids. We're going to have a live stream. It's just needs to be a little bit uh, shorter. We are sitting in the chapel right now and the chairs are already socially distanced. So we have distanced the chairs uh, so that you will not be sitting leg to leg with people that you don't know. But if you come with your family, you can kind of scooch chairs together uh, for your group. Uh, if you're coming, uh, this will be a touch-free service, so there will be no Bibles, no pens, and no Connect cards. We encourage you to bring your own Bible, your own pen, but we are not providing those for you. Um, and then finally, communion. We will be doing communion, uh, but uh, if you're at home, you provide your own stuff. If you come here, there will be individually wrapped, non-touch uh, communion packets. I don't even know what to call them. Pods? It's, they're weird, but it, it'll serve the purpose. Uh, the, the, the team has them today, so we're going to... It's going to be awesome. Okay. Uh, so that's essentially what's going to be happening uh, for our services. Eric's going to talk just real quick about uh, what's going to happen for kids during this first phase of reopening. So what's going to happen for kids is that kids aren't going to happen. Um, there's, there's not going to be any, well, they're going to happen. They're going to happen, yeah. but there's no, not going to be any fathom kids programming. Yeah. Um, kids will be in the room, in the service with us. We'll have activity packets available uh, for you to pick up as you enter the room. Um, all kids must be registered, as Chris said. You have to register your entire family. Um, our our kind of head count, the fifty the fifty people max, um, is about. It's not about number of of seat, number of seats available. It's about number of people in the room. So you do need to register your children. Uh, for the real young kiddos, the cry room will be open. There will also be uh, some overflow space available. But the key thing is that kids will be in with you, and you have to register them in advance. So we know that might preclude some of you from returning if you've got young kids and it's just easier uh, to kind of keep them at bay at home uh, or at least they're at home and they can destroy something there. So we get it. Like that's why we're offering the live stream to continue as well. So uh, kids, we hope to see some of you. Uh, if we can't see all of you, uh, we will still be able to interact this way uh, digitally. Let me give a little bit about uh, our facility measures as we are kind of reopening. Uh, first, please, if you're not feeling well, stay home. Like, I know that's crazy to have to say today, but like, we're not going to take temperatures at the door. Like we don't have the experience or the ability to really do that. But if you, if you have a fever, if you have any symptoms, just stay home, like watch from home. I don't want you here. If I get sick, we're in, we're in big trouble, yo. All right. So like, actually, Eric will just preach every week and that'll really exhaust him. He'll need another sabbatical and we're in big trouble. Okay. So, so just, just stay home if you aren't feeling well. All right. Uh, we will, we're starting a cleaning team, uh, at our church, uh, where we will clean every single chair in this room, every single restroom and every single touched hard surface in between our services. That's why another reason why we're doing a one hour service is so we have a full hour to clean and air out, uh, this room. And so we are going to be, uh, cleaning those things. Uh, fans will be in this room to kind of air it out. We're going to open the whole thing up and just kind of do it. Uh, so just so you're aware, you will not, you'll be walking into a clean room that might smell a little bleachy. Uh, but that leads me to my next thing. You won't be able to smell it because you'll be wearing a mask. Yes, we are 
asking for everybody to wear a mask. If you have young children, they are not required, but, um, but everybody really three or four years old and up need to be masked. Uh, this is both from the state of Colorado, but also we, we lease this space and our building owner has made it a requirement for masks to be worn in the building. So, uh, we'll have some disposable masks if you don't have your own, but we would just implore if please bring a mask. If you're, um, if you're kind of anti-masks and hear me, I get it. Okay. Um, I don't like wearing a mask. Uh, I would implore you to consider showing deferential love. That's, that's my, my heart here. Even if you don't think the mask is going to do much, um, I, I would say, would you, would you defer that personal opinion, which is a stance in the Bible of Christian maturity is showing deferential love, putting your needs and your wants and your desires on pause so that you can defer to somebody else. That'd be my hope. Uh, you can email me and I, and I will tell you that you're wrong. Okay. Uh, mask up hand sanitizer, everybody, uh, in the building, uh, as you enter in, there's hand sanitizer pumps. We're, we're going to sanitize all over the place. Okay. Our bathrooms are one person in at a time. So, uh, you know, hold it or something. I don't know. Don't, don't come chugging a ton of water. Maybe. I don't know. Um, we're also going to have to go touch free. So no handshakes, no hugs. Uh, we're not going to hang out in here or in the hallway. Like I'll be in my hallway spot, but I'm going to kind of just keep moving you. If you want to congregate, we're going to congregate outside before and after services. Uh, but while we're in this facility, we're in, we're sitting, we're socially distancing and then we're out. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that I, that just happened this week is uh, main street, uh, parking is going to be closed. I think most of the summer they have opened up main street or uh, I'm sorry, closed main street to traffic on the weekends for the summer so that uh, the restaurants can actually do outside seating into the streets. So uh, when you come here, you're going to have to use Curtis, which is open. The side streets and the cross, the, the, the cross streets are open. Uh, you can park along those streets or you can come through our alley, which we will have parking signs uh, with instructions on them to show you how you can get into our parking lot. You can park in our parking lot but you have to go through this alley, which is a little bit uh, inconvenient, but we're excited to be a part of Main Street and want to help and, and, and encourage them as they are reopening as well. So uh, Eric is going to talk to us a little bit about serve teams, uh, and then we're going to finish up. Yeah, so there's going to be a few ways that, that now that we're, we're reopened that we need um, some volunteer help on Sundays. Uh, some of these are teams that we've had before. Some are new as a result of the way we're reopening. And the first one that's new is that Chris mentioned there's going to be a clean team. So in between services, we need people to help clean. You'll be wiping down all the chairs, the doorknobs, um, bathrooms, etc. in between service. We've got an hour setting aside an hour to do this, but um, if it's just me and Chris, we're not going to get it done. So we need, we need some help with, uh, with, with cleaning. We're going to have a greeting team. The greeting might look a little bit different than it did pre-COVID-19 as it's going to be no touch, but we still need people before and after services to, to, make, um, to make people feel welcome as they, as they enter the building. Something else that's new is we're going to have an usher team. So you can't see the way the chairs are, are spread out in the room right now, but they're all kind of, uh, kind of spread out. And, and especially early on, people are going to need help kind of Hey, a family of four gathering four chairs and send and making sure we're maintaining distancing and, and, and things like that. And so, um, we need people to help, help people find seats and, and, and move, move chairs around, um, in a distant manner. Audiovisual is now more important than ever due to online streaming. And so we need, we need, uh, some AV people running sound, running slides, et cetera. 
Um, worship team, Amanda was up here today. There's, you know, we've got a handful of people, but if, if this is somewhere that you're gifted or, or you, um, you, know, you want to participate in, we'd love to have more uh, people on, on the worship team. And then the last is security team. Um, while we're in here serving, uh, worshiping, excuse me, uh, we want people that, that can kind of watch the door and, and help provide a, a safe environment for us. And so those are the, uh, I think that's six, six teams that, that will, that will need some help with. Um, so please, uh, feel free to sign up for those that what's the, the link? Yeah. So, so here, here's the last bit. Thank you. Um, so this is all going to start next week fathomchurch.org slash Sundays is where you can go. Fathomchurch.org slash Sundays. The registration is open. Uh, a sign-up sheet for you to sign up is open. All the details that we just covered are there. Um, the email in your inbox today should have that, all those informa- all that information as well. Um, but we just implore you to, to join us if you are ready to come to an in-person service. This is how we can do it. We want to be good citizens. We want to be good neighbors. And we also want to get together. So like... It's going to be epic. Uh, I, I'm so excited for next week. I, I hope you are too. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for uh, our reopening and then uh, we're going to move to our time of response and worship. So uh, would you pray with me? Lord, we do bless you. We thank you that that the reality of our situation is, is that we are uh, now allowed to begin to reopen. And so, uh, Lord, I am thankful for that. I look forward to that. Lord, all these little pieces that have to come together uh, to make this experience happen. Lord, we pray for your spirit to be in them. Lord, give us wisdom. Uh, give, give, give our people grace as, as they we kind of stumble through this. But Lord, we pray that it would ultimately bless you as we regather physically. For those who are not going to be regathering physically, I pray that they would feel connected just like we have for the last three months through our digital stuff. Lord, I pray that they would still feel a part of this as well. Thank you, Father, for your your goodness, your generosity towards us. Lord, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.